Hello, Cryptonauts. Today is August 13th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Alright, Cryptonauts, as a friendly reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat, in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that same Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 DeFi coins by market cap. Starting off with Chainlink. What are we doing? I don't know what we're doing. We're doing, um, do, 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 let's see, market, yeah, I guess we'll do market cap. Uh, Chainlink with 6.1 billion dollars. Second place we have Ave with 707 million dollars. Wow, that's a big difference from 6.1 billion to 707 million. Third place we have Synthetics Network Token with 683 million dollars. Fourth place we have Compound with 607 million dollars. Fifth place, we have Maker with $585 million. Sixth place, we have Ren with $464 million. Seventh place, we have Dai with $427 million. Eighth place, we have UMA with $390 million. And in ninth place, we have Zero X with $375 million. Tenth place, we have Yearn.Finance with $334 million. All right, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10 DeFi coins by market cap. Your overall market DeFi market cap is at $14.3 billion, and your overall market cap is at $378 billion, down 3.5%. All right, with that said, Cryptonauts, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. All right, Cryptonauts, as a friendly reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. And don't forget to collect your daily candies. With that said, let's get started with your crypto news of the day because we have a lot of them today. Starting off with, um, written by Saryuwa Mawa. Ethereum fees briefly equal a US stimulus check. What? Forget rent, utility, food, and personal expenses. A, U- a U.S. supplied $1,200 stimulus check would have covered just one Ethereum transaction as of today. New data shows transaction fees on Ethereum, the world's second largest cryptocurrency network by market cap, reached an unprecedented level for some traders earlier today, fueled by the rise of DeFi projects and a new initial coin offering or ICO. Remember those? Josh Rager, the founder of crypto trading platform Blockroots, pointed out on Twitter that fees reached the $1,200 level while he attempted to purchase the tokens of MYX Network, a, a so-called DeFi and deflationary project. As it turns out, the MYX token had specific smart contract issued, causing it not to accept transactions below a certain gas threshold. Gas works as fuel for the Ethereum network and is a fee paid to miners and execute a trade. Su, 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 su 
The founder of trading firm Three Arrows Capital even joked about the high fees on Twitter spending more money on gas for Ethereum than pretty much anything else in real life now. That's true. That's crazy. That's crazy. Next news written by Sharyuwa Mawa. DeFi token Yam uncovers further flaw in $400 million lockup. Yam financed a decentralized finance governance experiment that locked up $400 million in capital this week, uncovered flaws in its underlying, underlying protocol earlier today. Its developers asked users to exit certain pools immediately. Two days, the two-day-old project mashed together rebasing and reducing increasing token supply to ensure that network value remains stable with the current trend for yield farming or lockup capital in a smart contract for other trading traders to borrow in return for attractive capital rates. 10,000% per annum in Yam's case. That's insane! That's insane money! 10,000%. That is insane. Jeez, no wonder people are putting their... That's insane. Uh, yeah, messed up. However, ahead of its rebasing later today, developers found out the smart contract code was flawed and would have minted too much reserve instead of rebalancing supply. Okay, Yam, the Yam finance community was broadly supportive with the consensus startling, uh, settling on its behalf. Uh, on it being a highly risky experiment rather than a scam project. Their project is still in limbo for now. The worst case scenario is that YAM tokens currently valued at $12 a piece would end up being worthless. Ouch. Next news written by Scott Cipollina. Kazakhstan wants to put 15% tax on Bitcoin miners. Kyrgyzstan has proposed a 15% tax on cryptocurrency mining that will legalize the practice. The report was first published on the government's website on June 3, 2020. The groundwork for uh, legalization of crypto mining has been in place for some time. On January 17, 2018, the head of Kyrgyzstan's national bank, Tolembek Ab Abdigulov said the bank would not stand in the way of the country's citizens seeking to invest in crypto assets at their own risk. Given the fundamental importance of crypto mining to the success and to the success of any cryptocurrency, this tax proposal has major implications for the crypto industry in Kyrgyzstan. Alright. The bill defies a virtual asset as a digital expression of value and determines the tax rate to be calculated from the cost of electricity consumed for mining, including VAT and sales tax. Wow. Okay. Next news. Written by Jason Nelson. Coda Protocol. A blockchain lightweight enough to run on a cell phone. What? I gotta check this out. Even Evan, Evan Shapiro, CEO of O1 Labs, thinks that Bitcoin is a stolen revolution in his view. Miners in China control 65% of the Bitcoin hash rate from a ge geographical, let alone a Web3 perspective. That's not exactly decentralized. His solution? Shapiro and his San Francisco-based startup launched a CUDA protocol testnet a year ago. Its entire lightweight blockchain is a scant 22 kilobyte long. A, by comparison, each block of the blockchain is one megabyte. Since larger block size require more expensive, power-consuming hard hardware to mine, Coda Protocol's blockchain is cheaper, faster, 
more sustainable and more democratic to mine the companies the company maintains a geographically diverse pool of miners in fact thus far some 3500 people from 180 countries have signed up to participate in its genesis program aimed at creating a diverse pool of stakers the second cohort of which was announced today said shapiro of that group 1000 will be selected to receive distribution of 66,000 tokens as founding members of genesis a block small enough to run on a phone O1 Lab designed Coder Protocol to be lightweight enough to run on mobile devices. It claims it has developed the world's lightest blockchain, encapsulating the entire history of its blockchain in a single zero-knowledge proof about 22 kilobytes or the size of a few tweets. There must be a snark in here somewhere. <laughs> Shapiro said that instead of heavy proof-of-work mechanism, Coda relies on recursive ZK snarks in adaptation of the zero-knowledge proof concept. Nodes can rapidly share and update proof of the correct blockchain state across the network, he said. In essence, each time Coda Protocol node produces a new block, it also generates a snark proof, proof verifying the block was validated. You only need to look at the small proof to know that the blockchain's current state is correct, Shapiro said. The proof is much easier to download than the entire blockchain of transactions. So the pool of eligible validator nodes for Coda is much more inclusive, which is better for decentralization and usability. That's awesome. You know what? I'm actually going to, let's see, let me just, I'm going to check this out later on. Coda Protocol. I'll look that up later. Next news written by Robert Stevens. My Ether wallet adds support. Let's say that again. R written by Robert Stevens. My Ether wallet adds support for DeFi protocol Ren and Ave. My Ether wallet, the open source client for generating non custodial Ethereum wallets today, announced integration with DeFi lending protocol Ave and Ren, a protocol that lets Bitcoin interact with Ethereum blockchain. My Ether Wallet, or Mew, has carved out its niche in the Ethereum ecosystem, serving as a protocol that connects its thousands of us users with Ethereum dApps. The two integrations, Ren and Aave, expand its offering. They are, they are coming to Mew Connect, a connection protocol for Mew that lets users of its mobile wallet connect with dApps. Mew Connect helps us continue to be the nexus point for Ethereum and support the community's goal of a broad and widely accessible de decentralized ecosystem, said Kosala. Kosala Hem Hemachandra, Mew's founder and CEO in a statement. We're excited to have Ave and Ren integrated as well as other dApps to follow, letting users experience the enhanced capabilities of capabilities Mew has to offer. All right, sounds pretty good to me. Next news written by Andrew Hayward. Blockchain University program launches with groups from Oxford, Cornell, and more. Oasis Network, a proof-of-stake blockchain network that launched its pre-mainnet Amber Network in June today announced the formation of the Oasis University program featuring clubs, departments, and infrastructure providers from more than 20 universities around the world. Founding participants including the Oxford University Blockchain Society, Cornell Blockchain, Blockchain at Berkeley, Cambridge University Blockchain Society, and the University of Edinburgh Fintech Society. And though the Oasis network initially listed the digi 
the digital currency initiative at MIT as part of its program, the group has since said it has no plans to participate. Hmm. Okay. We're thrilled to be part of the Oasis University program launch, said Aaron Henshaw, co-founder and CTO and, uh, and of Bison Trails in a release, supporting university blockchain clubs and computer science departments as they engage with the Oasis network, aligned with our mission to de- de- democratize, democratize access to blockchain technology. All right. Uh, next news, written by Adriana Hamacher. Libra's vice chairman says, Digital payments could alleviate poverty. Blockchain-based payment systems can bring more than 1.7 billion people who are unbanked or underbanked into the formal economy. Dante Desparte, vice vice chairman and head of policy and communications at Libra Associations, wrote last week at the Harvard Business Review. Over the past year, the Facebook-backed Libra Association has met a wall of regulatory scrutiny over its cryptocurrency. It recently pivoted its plans to plans and has been tooling up for fresh battles against global regulatory resistance to its project. CBDCs and stablecoins. Dante isn't talking about Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the digital currencies that exist now. Instead, he focuses on the central bank digital currencies, electronic versions of a national fiat. That being, that are being being developed by around seventy percent of the world's central banks and stablecoins like Libra. Oh, seventy! It's already been seventy percent. Huh? That's crazy. Regulated, compliant, and open source. He he con he conceded that blockchain-based payments are still an emerging, largely experimental technology, but said that prompting regulatory certainty and encouraging competition around competition around projects would increase confidence around projects. What? Doesn't make sense. Privacy and China's ambition. But Desparte doesn't deal with the threat to privacy from digital currencies controlled by banks and stablecoins stable developed by mega corporations. Many people don't trust the banks, and, cr- and critics point out that China's CBDC will enable the state to screen every transaction and freeze funds at will. That's true. Be very careful. The choice of China is pointed. The announcement of Libra's own plans, what was inspired the Chinese to speed up the development of their national digital currency in the first place. (laughs) Who's going to come out first, Libra or the Chinese CBDC? Honestly, probably China. Next news written by Daniel Phillips. Chainlink breaks into the top five after further 20% gain. Chainlink has just broke into the top five cryptocurrencies by market capitalization after reaching an all-time highest market cap of $6.45 billion. This comes after Chainlink gained a further 20.1% in the last 24 hours to reach a price of $17.08. Chainlink has been on an uptrend since March and has scarcely paused its growth between then and now. The cryptocurrency is almost up 850% year-to-date. 110.5% 110.5% in the last month and 68% in the last week, making it making it by far the best performing top 10 cryptocurrency this year. That's pretty cool. So, congratulations to all those chain link hodlers. I envy you. I envy you. Next news written by Sharyuwa Malwa. 
Global banks see 30% drop in market cap due to pandemic. Financial heavyweights are facing a tough time in 2020. Data from financial education's site BuyShares published Wednesday showed that banks recorded decreased profits and a significant markdown in market capitalization since the start of the year. Amidst coronavirus concerns between the fourth quarter of 2019 and the second quarter of 2020, the global market capitalizations of the banking market dropped by staggering 30.32%. Sounds like there might be some layoffs there. All right, next news, written by Sharyu Malwa. MicroStrategy CEO predicted the death of Bitcoin years ago. <laughs> Earlier this week, American software company MicroStrategy announced it was investing $250 million in Bitcoin to protect against inflation, fears, and the grim economic outlook. It was a major endorsement in the cryptocurrency space, but it wasn't always destined to be this way. Back in 2013, MicroStrategy's CEO, Michael Saylor, who led the announcement, predicted the death of Bitcoin. Quote, Bitcoin days are numbered. It seems like just a matter of time before it suffered the same fate as online gambling, Sailors tweeted. For context, the Pioneer digital asset was trading at $1,200 in November 2013, the first ever four-figure valuation and the first of its many upward runs. Sailor did not make any public comments since until earlier this week when his firm decided to fully back Bitcoin. Man, imagine that. Imagine if they bought it at thousand two hundred instead of instead of nearly twelve twelve thousand. I mean they're still it's still early times, still early. Next news wit written by Will Heisman. Buy Bitcoin screams Galaxy's huge ad in the Financial Times. Digital asset manager Galaxy Digital has one-upped rival fund manager Grayscale Investments with a full-page ad in the Financial Times today. And unlike Grayscale's recent marketing play, this one actually clearly mentions Bitcoin. In uncertain times, Bitcoin is a hedge independent of the hedge money. The the broadsheet ad brazenly reads, The ad positioned Bitcoin's hard-coded fixed supply and consequent scarcity as a hedge against risk such as inflation and the rise and that arise from economic uncertainty. <clears throat> Grayscale versus Galaxy. Who wore it best? Galaxy's cherished marketing play comes more comes mere days after Twitter lambasted Grayscale's own Bitcoin commercial for a myriad of reasons. One particular omission being it didn't really mention Bitcoin. Hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I heard about that. Next news written by Will Heisman. My crypto has a plan to stop Ethereum scams succeeding. Even uh, ever fallen foul to a cryptocurrency scam? Blockchain interface My Crypto has released a new feature designed to prevent anyone sending money to scam Ethereum addresses. The new option called Protected Transactions lets you check if the address has been associated with any scams or illicit behavior. Twitter's recent hack shows why this is needed. Hackers that have had control of Twitter's God Mode sent out Bitcoin scams tweets from high-profile accounts, including Joe Biden, Barack Obama, and Elon Musk. It was a classic scam asking for Bitcoin in exchange for more Bitcoin that would never arrive. Hundreds of people fell foul to it, shelling out $120,000 in Bitcoin, 
And it would have been much more if Coinbase and other exchanges hadn't blacklisted the scam address. But apart from me, but apart from big events like this, exchanges won't prevent you from sending bitcoins to scam addresses until now. Hmm. As an additional failsafe, my crypto added the ability to undo transactions within a specific time, just in case a, mista a mistake was making. It's just like when you send an email and have that oh shit moment and need to unsend it for whatever reason. It's that, but for crypto, Jordan Spence, Chief Marketing Officer at MyCrypto, told Decrypt. Okay, next news written by Andrew Hayward. Feds sees millions in Bitcoin from ISIS, Al-Qaeda, in largest ever bust. The United States Department of Justice today announced that it has seized millions of dollars in Bitcoin in possession of terrorist groups Islamic State of Iraq and the uh, Levant, Al-Qaeda and Hamas military division, the Al-Qassam Al Brigades. According to the release, the funds were obtained by the group via social media campaigns designed to anonymously raise money from around the world. The government seized more than 300 cryptocurrency accounts along with four websites and four Facebook pages tied to the social media and fundraising efforts. This is the U.S. government's single largest seizure of terrorist-related cryptocurrency to date, according to the DOJ's statement. Terrorist networks have adapted technology, conducting complex financial transactions in the digital world, including through cryptocurrencies. IRS-CI Special Agent in the DC Cybercrimes Unit worked diligently to unravel these financial networks, said Secretary of the Treasury Stephen T. Munich in a, re in a release. <clears throat> Today's action demonstrate our ongoing commitment to hold malign Malign, act, malign, malign actors accountable for their crimes. Yes, that's good. Awesome. Okay, let's... Um, next news. Alright, next news written by Robert Stevens. Doctor Who crypto trading card game puts Daleks on blockchain. The TARDIS has landed on blockchain with Doctor Who worlds apart. A digital trading card game featured the titular Time Lord. De developed by UK publisher Reality Gaming Group under license from BBC Studios, the gaming uses non-fungible tokens to represent trading cards featuring a roster of characters from the show's 57-year history. They include characters ranging from the Doctor Who's played by the likes of Jodie Whittaker and Peter Capaldi. To the Time Lords, companions, and iconic monsters, the Daleks and Weeping Angels. What are NFTs? NFTs are non-fungible tokens, are unique cryptocurrency tokens, whereas each Bitcoin is interchangeable with the last, NFTs are unique. This scarcity makes them ideal for trading card games such as Doctor Who Worlds Apart. Some cards, some cards will be rarer than others and no doubt more valuable when traded on the game's dedicated market reality gaming group digital asset trading platform. Alright, next news written by The Defiant. Yampocalypse Now! How hubris and speculation smashed the latest DeFi token. Yam Finance TVL went from $0 to as high as $500 million before falling to $280 million. To, wait, what? Yeah, 
Okay, falling to 280. Yam token jumps over 150 and is now trading at just below $1. What? Okay. The team the team discovered a bug in the code which the community organized to fix, but ultimately made governance impossible. And all, all that happened in less than 48 hours. Yam Finance aggregated more than $400 million worth of DeFi tokens from traders seeking to farm Yam in the hours after its launch. While its token soared many times over the $1 peg, is it $1 or $1 million? $1 peg to as high as $157. Wow, that's a lot. Bug found. It was clear at this time that the bug was found in in the unaudited code where the yam reserve inflated by 10 times more than what was originally anticipated. The reserve is designed to purchase funds from Uniswap's yam slash YCRV pool, but the infla inflated supply meant it would be impossible to reach quorum as a new yam doesn't have enough voting rights. Governance would be blocked, and so would funds in the treasury. Smashed Yam. Ultimately, not even the fix could save Yam governance. We concluded that the Rebasser bug would uh, interact with the governance module and prevent this proposal from succeeding. The team wrote in a bug in a blog post. So where does Yam go from here? The token will continue to exist with the supply expanding and contracting to keep its $1 peg and yam can still be farmed from stake tokens but there will be no governance possible. The yam slash YCRV Uniswap pool which now holds $1.4 million in liquidity remains unsafe and traders should withdraw their funds. Holding bags. There remains just north of $230 million of assets staked at yam many of which are likely small farmers who who are stuck holding the bag with a cost average $30 to withdraw from any given pool. The return on these staked assets have dropped by 99%. Wow! Power of the token. While unsuccessful, the experiment shows the power that tokens, token, token incentives and an open global ecosystem have to create active communities. Yam holders didn't exist three days ago, yet they were able to quickly coordinate to try to save the project they had rallied behind. But let's not shrug off the risk. Yam Finance issued Yam tokens with no pre-mine, no VC investments, distributing, distributing them completely among users to ensure decentralized governance, but also with no audits or value proposition other than ac accumulating Yam. That's crazy. That's crazy. Why would anybody? This is just—it's absolutely insane. Why would anybody even think that's that's acceptable? Let me just go ahead and just chop up some uh, some code in in ten days, and uh, call it call it call it quits. Yeah, of course, there's gonna be bugs. Next news, written by Robert Stevens. Bitcoin wallet wasabi said. <clears throat> says it's safe against massive Tor exploit. The privacy-first Bitcoin wallet Wasabi wants you to know that its servers are safe against the massive Tor exploit unearthed earlier this week. The pseudonymous cybersecurity researcher, um, how do you even say that, Nusinu, Nusinu, this week published a report exp uh, exp 
explicating how a Bitcoin thief and hackers had infiltrated Tor, a web browser that pings your traffic across several nodes to obscure your identity. Nusinu found that the hackers at the peak of their campaign control 24% of the exit relays, the final node that traffic is bounced around before users' search request hits the internet. Hmm. <laughs> coin joins or are a form of Bitcoin mixers. Funnel some Bitcoin through a coin join and it'll jumble your transactions up with any other Bitcoin sent to sent, uh, sent to it by other people. This makes it difficult to trace the origins of your transactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? That's, that's good to have that. Wasabi is a non-custodial wallet, meaning that its mixer doesn't hold assets. So when sending money through Wasabi wallet, the network doesn't broadcast a signal that can be intercepted by a hacker. Instead, it broadcasts signed transactions using Tor Onion nodes. But critically, these signals never leave Tor Onion network and Wasabi never uses Tor exit relays. Since Wasabi's traffic stays inside the, on the Onion network, most Tor attacks are not possible if exit nodes are not involved. Bravo. Next news, written by Adriana Hamacher. Elon Musk offers help to Belarus. Can his Starlink satellites route around censorship? Belarusians are petitioning Elon Musk's company SpaceX to test its Starlink satellite system in their country after the CEO tweeted to offer sympathy and support. Internet outages have coincided with a fourth day of protest throughout Belarus after a controversial presidential election on Sunday saw Alexander Lukashenko, Lukashenko re-elected to a sixth term in office. Musk tweeted, Musk tweet was in response to an initiative to highlight the plight of Belarusian, posted alongside a video of incidents of police brutality towards protesters. Musk responded, sorry to hear this, what can we do to help? His response was greeted with a flood of requests to deploy Starlink, a constella constellation of over 500 satellites promising access to the internet from virtually anywhere on earth. The mega constellation is due to start beta testing later this summer. A petition on change.org asking Musk to choose Belarus as the constellation's first test case is nearing its target of 7,500 votes. However, SpaceX has still to disclose locations specific for the first round of testing. Belarus Centralized Internet Belarus presents a strong case as the test location for Starlink. Its internet blackout is widely believed to be government imposed. Uh, experts have warned that a centralized infrastructure makes it much easier to shut the internet down. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Elon Musk is awesome if he gets that done. Yeah. I mean, regardless, he's still awesome. Next news written by Andrew Hayward. Barstool Sports Dave Portney says he's got $1 million in Bitcoin. What sounded like a fever dream has become a Twitter reality. The Winklevoss twins, Cameron and Tyler, really did show up at his house of outspoken Barstool Sports President Dave Portney to teach him about Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency. And while it was a 
debatable whether the Gemini co-founders were really wearing the full rowing uniforms for, from their college days and the social network as Portney originally demanded. They did come with a mission. We're here to make you a Bitcoin billionaire, said one brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is awesome. Even if Portney didn't fully understand what he was getting into, he had no hesitation buying more crypto. He said that he had already purchased $250,000 worth of Bitcoin and he purchased a further undisclosed amount on the stream. He also talked about buying Chainlink, although the video didn't show whether he followed through with that or not. Hopefully, hopefully he did. Hopefully he did. Given Portnoy's rabid following and the way crypto Twitter flocks to any celebrity mentioning Bitcoin, we wouldn't be surprised to see him goaded into following through with it. Alright. Next news written by Andrew Hayward. Twitter opens up to developers ahead of decentralization push. Twitter has long been famously insular, has been a famously insular company when it comes to third-party developers restricting use of its API to hindrance of externally developed social media clients, all seemingly an attempt to ensure any eyes are on its own website and thus advertising. However, the times are changing. Jack Dorsey, CEO of both Twitter and Square and a Bitcoin devotee himself has spoken publicly about a potential future in which the social networks is a, de- is a decentralized one. Given the possible destination, it appears that Twitter has now taken a much more open and friendly approach to allowing developers to work with its platform. Wow, I'm really surprised. Really, really surprised. Hmm. I wonder what they're going to use. Next news, written by Robert Stevens. Bitcoin co-founds the Fed's understanding of digital currencies. The Fed, though it had all, the Fed thought it had it all worked out when it came to digital currencies. There are account-based digital currencies where system verifies accounts and currency-based systems where vendors verify currencies like dollar bills or Fortnite V-Bucks. Then Bitcoin came along and muddled everything up. Economists from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York complained in the blog post yesterday. Bitcoin and the hundreds of other cryptocurrencies that use public key cryptography constitute both an account-based system and a token-based system. This is problematic, grumbled the Fed economist. First, Bitcoin is an account-based system. The account is the Bitcoin address, and the private key is the proof of identity needed to transact from the account. Every time a Bitcoin user wants to spend Bitcoin, the user must verify their identity by using their private keys. Yes, true. Second, it's also a token-based system, where someone wants to spend Bitcoin, the protocol verifies its validity by tracing its history. The current transaction history is used to verify the validity of the object being transferred, just like cash, which is only valid if it is genuinely issued from the central bank. Or like Fortnite's V-Bucks issued by the gamers publisher Epic Games. Yeah, what? Uh, If a digital currency can be both token-based and account-based, then the classification loses its power of meaningfully distinguish between new and existing methods of digital payments, they said. They implored that cleaning on the distinction may slow down progress when understanding different digital payment technologies 
In a huff, they concluded, perhaps these terms should be retired to avoid, avoid further confusion. Yeah. Next, news written by Alexander Beckrans. Curves CRV token launches early benefiting anonymous Chad. The CRV token officially yet unexpectedly launched at 6.25 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today after an anonymous user apparently unilaterally deployed the open source CRV token and curve DAO contracts on the Ethereum maintenance earlier in the day. After a couple of hours reviewing the code to check for changes or inserted exploit, the CRV team confirmed that the contract contracts as authentic. Though the contract has been deployed, the user subsequently discovered the wallets had been staking curve assets and earning CRV tokens ahead of the official launch announcements, which was not a good look and to lead the allegations of an unfair pre-mind among curve users. Hmm. Hmm. It doesn't get much more decentralized than that. I think it's kind of cool, personally. Curves project lead Charlie, uh, Charlie Sidden, of the devs' handy work on the team's Discord channel. That was, however, hours before tempers flared and the pre-mining accusations got thrown around. People can't do math, so they think twenty thousand CRV minted out of two billion to be distributed to liquidity providers is pre-mined, he wrote in response in the Discord chat. Hmm. How Curves CRV will be distributed. But now that the now that the hotly anticipated CRV token has been officially, re- officially released, any users that have provided liquidity to the protocol are entitled to CRV distributions retroactively calculated since the launch of the platform. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds fishy. Sounds real fishy. Next news written by Jason Nelson. ETH up 10% in 24 hours crosses $400 yet again. Ethereum crossed $400 today, jumping more than 10% in 24 hours, briefly hitting $429. The last time Ethereum was above $400 was a week ago, on August 6th, when it reached a high of $403.49. During the same 24-hour period, BTC was up 1.6% and Link was up 7.32%. ETH, okay, so, a bunch of numbers. I don't like numbers. Anyways, next news. Uh, Written by Forecast News staff. Ping, an an backed P2P lender, Lufax, applies for US IPO. Chinese online lender, Lufax, is reportedly applying for an IPO in the US. In response to a move by market regulators in China tightening the listings rules to strict IPOs authorities, there are also pressuring firms to list domestically and in Hong Kong. Lufax is the second largest P2P lender in China and is 43% owned by Ping and N Insurance. To date, it has raised $3 billion with its most recent funding round led by local funder Primavera Capital and backed by JP Morgan and UBS. That gives the company a $38 billion valuation. Wow. Last news written by Scott Cipollina. That's, that's a lot of news. A lot of news. I, I'm and keep in mind that I only read small sections of it. I didn't read the whole articles. 
Um, and if you want, you can just go back to August 13th and uh, read the articles in its entirety. Um, with that said, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, last news written by Scott Cipollina. Bitcoin, Bitcoin exchange BitMEX adds KYC for all its users. <gasps> what? That's crazy. No, that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think KYCs are a good thing. Uh, Bitcoin future exchanges BitMEX will start requiring all users to pro uh, prove their real world, real world identity on the exchange. Especially, you know what? I think it's, KYC is good for centralized exchanges. Absolutely, hundred percent. Decentralized, obviously, if, if if you're managing your cryptos on decentralized, well, I mean, if that's the route you want to go, then don't do. I, I don't think KYC AML should be on decentralized. Um, but see that that's where it gets a little fishing. That's that's um, uh, you know that's that's a topic that I want to bring up. I I need to get I need to get like a like a host on here. I, I need to, I need to get some some feedback on that. Hmm. Decentralized versus centralized exchanges. Anyways, a Bitcoin future exchange BitMEX will start requiring all users to pro pro prove their real-world identity on the exchange by August 28, 2020. BitMEX claims the launch of its user verification program will promote a more trusted and secure trade environment for all BitMEX users. During the 10-year span of cryptocurrency activity, there has been growing pressures on crypto companies to adopt KYC and AML regulations, both commonly used in the traditional finance space. Even libertarian-run exchange Shapeshift eventually conceded to regulators, and now BitMEX is falling in line too. As part of the user verification program launch, BitMEX will also unveil details about trading tournaments where prizes will be on offer for those who have verified their identity, but it's unlikely to appear to appease those affected. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is true. It is what it is. <clears throat> Anyways, with that said, Cryptonauts, make sure you are washing your hands, washing your feet, washing your mouth, washing your face, from washing everything, wearing your face mask, and practice practice social distancing at staying six feet and further apart. Stay quarantined if you can, and only go out for essential things because COVID is real. People, don't, people to this day don't think it's real. They, they think it's all made up. It's like they, they don't believe the death numbers, you know, are, are real people. The, the hospitals are maxed out. They, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. That's insane. That's insane. Anyways, Cryptonauts, I'll leave some positive feedback. I greatly appreciate it. Um, on the Anchor app or on the Discord. Uh, share, the, share this episode if you liked it. With that said, Cryptonauts, I will catch you all on the next one. Adios. Adios.